Welcome back to the Priority One Podcast. I'm Caleb. Turn it down like two notches. I'm Hoyt. Welcome back to the Priority One Podcast. I'm King of Priority One Podcast. This is ASMR Heresy episode. Sorry, I was taking a deep breath. Rob Dizzy, man. We good now. Welcome back to the Priority One Podcast. I'm Caleb. And I'm Hoyt. I'm Andrew. And I'm Lauren. And we have an audience today, as y'all have heard several times. Ladies, would you like to introduce yourself? AKA is Bag Dogs. It's Abby Hubbard again. Nice to nice to it's see AK, you. AKA the other AKA, not the one in our band, but the one that will be in our band. Uh, I wouldn't say ah. that just yet. No. We don't know that. We do, though. No, we don't. Yeah, we do. No, we don't. No, we don't. No, we yeah, we, we do. Actually don't. We have we absolutely have no idea. Know. Yeah, we do. You know why? Because God told me. Okay, yeah. Ah, uh, <laughs> forgot about that. Ah. Seriously. <laughs> and that's a nice this segue. <laughs> After hearing that truth from Hoyt, let's move on to some heresy from Hoyt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now that we're in that vein, this um, is uh, not from the Wolf Hunter Twitter account. Oh, I found this lovely little ditty from the Cultist Show Instagram account. Nice. Pam Keith, comma, ESQ Who? dot with a checklist mark. I was about to say that. What? I was about to say that. She's a writer for Esquire. Who, though? Pam Keith. Oh. It's yeah, not like you said Pam Keith. <laughs> like Chief, Chief Keith. <laughs> but not. Okay, anyway, sorry. Anyways. Pam Keith. Got it. Like Toby Keith. Toby Keith's cousin. <laughs> <laughs> like Hempquius? <laughs> yeah. Good one. Click. Good because he's diabetic. Yeah. My pancreas doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, it just it, it kind of does, but not really. And it's, it anyway. works. It's like a pipe. It's supposed to do other stuff. Okay. All right. So heresy. <laughs> we don't Pam like Keith it. said Pam Keith. I said Pam Keith. You got that stuck <laughs> in my head. Can't even say it. <sighs> Is it Pam or Pam, Pan? P A M, and then Keith as in Toby Keith. Okay. All right. Where Michael the, Jackson. This is in response to. <laughs> okay. Honestly, same complexion as Michael Jackson. <laughs> I'll read it. <laughs> Which decade of Michael Jackson? Where, where are the words of Jesus in Leviticus? Oh. Huh. Um, you know the ones in red. If it ain't red, it's not what Jesus said. You don't know who said the words in Leviticus. So if you want to follow them, go ahead. But you can't call yourself a Christian. So all the times it says like all says the Lord God says Yahweh says the God of hosts, uh-huh. those don't count. No, those don't count. And when Jesus refers back to the Old Testament, that doesn't count. That doesn't either. count either. No. All Scripture is okay. breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof. And for correction and for training in righteousness. Where is that? The man of God may be competent. That's First Timothy words. 3, That's right? That's First Timothy. Yep. Very good, Andrew. Adding <clears throat> to that. Yeah. If it's not in red, though, it's not what Jesus said. But Jesus referred to the Old Testament a lot. Yes. He quoted the Old Testament. That's, that's just a straight up no. There ain't no elaborating on that at all. I mean, we can, but. Yeah. The comment. I'm Jesus quoted Leviticus a lot. And Deuteronomy. 
and mm. Deuteronomy a lot. Quoted a lot of the scripture. Yeah. It's and that's like, what was recorded. We don't know what else he taught. I mean, he may have taught Leviticus when he was talking with the Pharisees. It was, was at the end know? of John if uh, yeah, all the... There's not enough books in the world yeah, yeah. to document yeah. everything Jesus did. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the caption underneath that says, tell me you're biblically illiterate without telling me that you're biblically illiterate. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I need everyone to admire the fact that I was able to say that first try. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, biblically I illiterate. still in shock. <laughs> yep. Biblically illiterate. Is that a miracle? Shot to the heart. It, it's a, it's a mi- very much a minor miracle. Shout out Bon yeah. Jovi. So Hoyt, your final verdict. And I'm going to say this like I always do, like the tall golden guy from 300. My verdict is no. There we go. Or no. I love so, how you sit up straighter every time you say it. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it's a, it's a verdict. You got to. Yeah, you do. got to like take you the you know, professional against guys sitting like this, you know, properly laid across. Like yeah, it's king stuff. <laughs> when you, ever I'm sitting, the, you ever seen a king do this? No, you haven't. When I, sit, I mean, this sit, is just the way I, I sit naturally, comfortably, and I cross my arms. Yeah. You know? So, when, funny story, when I was in Alaska, we... And when you have one, one hand on the knee right here... I don't exu- do that. Like, I cross my arms. It exudes authority. And uh, people are like, oh, he's got something to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, Mark, our boss up there was telling a story about a time that he was illustrating a point. It was like, okay, I'm going to say it's a sin to sit like this. No, it's not. But it's like, this is just how some people sit comfortably. It's like, okay, now it's your responsibility to not do that thing. It's like illustrating basically how like God uh, gives us responsibility. You know, like mm-hmm. we're, even if we take pleasure in it, it's our responsibility to not do the thing. Mm-hmm. Now this is an arbitrary example but like there was a guy that was sitting just like this uh, in the Bible study he was doing. And every time that he would go to sit like that, he would like catch himself and like jerk and <laughs> go back to sitting with his legs uncrossed and his arms at his side. It was a funny story. That is funny. Full circle with Caleb Collins. There we go. So as you can tell by the title, we are continuing from last week's podcast. We're going to be looking at a couple more chapters from the book, Stones from a Shepherd's Purse, Heavenly Musings from a Seasoned Open Air Preacher. What's the by, t- say the title again? Stones from a Shepherd's Purse, Stone subtitled Shepherd's Purse. Okay, Shepherd's Purse, subtitled Heavenly Musings from a Seasoned Open Door Preacher. Yes. So last week we talked about season. He got paprika on there. Yes, <laughs> we got uh, the cost of true evangelism was one of the chapters, and the other chapter was uh, it was the one that was like preaching God's ordained method. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to look at. How careless sinners respond to Christ and his gospel. Now, he is just, to set the stage for you, um, he has just finished talking about evangelism and how, like, there is no perfect evangelist. Like, people are always going to say no to the gospel, regardless of, there there are going to be some that say yes, but there are always going to be people that say no, regardless of how Mm -hmm. well you do. All right. So, turn the page. The bottom of the first page, he says, let the church truly preach Christ and wicked men everywhere will confess. I thought there'd be something that would contradict what he actually said to us face to face. It's almost like that doesn't equal what he was just talking about in the chapter before. Yeah, in the chapter before. All right, so yeah. let's, let's turn a couple pages. And uh, the exact same thing, basically. 
if we rightly preach the gospel, we will always make sinners feel their guilt before a holy God. Now, there's two things there. Rightly preach the gospel. They don't do it. And make them feel the guilt of their sin is the work of the Holy Spirit, but they take that into their own hands. Yes. Elaborate on that. So, one of the conversations, Jimbo, this is a conversation that Jimbo had mm-hmm. with him. He's talking about, like, what, what's the point of evangelism? And um, like, ultimately, like, it's an act of worship. Like, we do it to honor God and to glorify Him is the first and foremost thing. And through that, uh, you know, what commonly the answer would be to uh, bring people to Christ. Mm-hmm. That, that's a valiant and noble reason to say that. But like the truth of the matter is it's an act of worship for God because it's what he's called us. We're doing what he's called us to do. So the, their way of doing this, um, the way that he describes it uh, throughout the book, and he said it in person, and it, it's true to a degree. What he says is it's not my job to prove to somebody that I love them. It's just my job to love them. Mm-hmm. And ev- evangelism is the most loving thing you can do for somebody. But the problem is you need to do it well. Mm-hmm. And they don't particularly do it very well. And here's the thing. He would tell you that he evangelizes correctly, wouldn't he? He has, yes, he, he would. He, yes, he would. He says that he does it in this book. I'm saying preacher, we talked about that. So when he says, if we rightly preach the gospel, we will always make sinners feel their guilt before a holy God. How many times has that happened? I haven't seen it happen yet. Mm-hmm. So by his own metric, he doesn't preach the gospel. But yeah, by his metric, experientially, like I haven't seen anyone, um, and this like in three different encounters, I haven't seen anyone uh, be brought to Christ because of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But what he says right here is that we will always make sinners feel their guilt before a holy God if we preach correctly, and he's saying he preaches correctly. So that something's just not not up there. But he's saying, in that particular instance, he's not even saying, come to know Christ. He's just saying that they'll feel guilty. Like, the purpose of preaching the gospel correctly is to make them feel their guilt, right? Yes. Isn't that what he's saying there? Yeah. And, so, but, it's, so it's, he, he doesn't even know, like, how does he know that that's what's happening? You know what I'm saying? Like, if there's people that are just there. If he looks there, straight up in front of him, by his own words, there's no guilt being felt. It's driving people to more and more pride because of how he's condemning them and not giving them any message of hope mm. at yep. all. He doesn't do that. Yeah. So like all I, all I noted down the bottom of this page was you can't have it both ways. Mm-hmm. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Very um, true for me. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have, I mean, I guess you could have your cake. You can have a slice. Cake. No, not just the entire the, thing. Just the whole thing. Yeah. Not with that. I mean, you could just pump a bunch of insulin. Yeah. Just go boop, 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 and go <laughs> nom, nom, nom. <laughs> Just for one slice, though. So as we talked about in last week's episode, uh, these guys... Maybe a little lick of frosting. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> Only my blood sugar's low. <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. Okay. He was talking about in last week's episode. Uh, these guys, um, per, uh, these guys followed the heresy of sinless perfectionism. Is that if you're uh, a Christian, then you don't sin? Basically, it's like you're perfect if you're a Christian. Then 
uh, just a couple paragraphs down from this last quote that I highlighted. He said, can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? Then may ye also do good that are accustomed to do evil. Everything's in King James because he's one of those King James only guys. Uh, but I think that's an interesting quote that he would choose because the, Paul talks about this in Romans 7 and John talks about it in 1 John. It's like we don't, we don't lose our sinful nature mm-hmm. after we become a Christian. Uh, like we still have the same sinful flesh that we had before. Um, so he's talking about like the Ethiopian can't change his skin or the leopard his spots. Uh, quoting Jeremiah 13, 23. I think it's interesting that he would choose that because that's a verse that a lot of uh, evangelists use to illustrate the point that we can never be perfect. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've heard that verse used by Paul Washer uh, talking about you still have the same sinful flesh that you had before you were saved. Like you're going to sin, whether, you know, no, no matter what degree of sanctification you reach, you're going to sin here in this life. Yeah. Um, so, and we will fall into like, maybe patterns or even a season yeah. of sin. Yeah. But this is just, I don't know. It's kind of lazy, kind of slacky. I know it just shocks you that he would be a little lax and lazy with a little bit of scripture, but mm-hmm. yeah. Say la vie. Well, you can make the argument that he's not necessarily lazy or slacking with it. He just taking out of context. It very wrongly. Yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so then he goes on to quote Catherine Booth. And I have a little portion highlighted. I'm going to read the entire quote just to understand it. I don't know really anything about Catherine Booth. Never heard of her until you said it. I'm surprised that he ago. would quote a woman. Hmm. I'm surprised hmm. that he would quote a woman. That, yeah. But someone look up Catherine Booth That's just to make sure she. Right yeah, okay, yeah. C-A-T-H. Yeah. Catherine. Mm-hmm. So the quote. Oh, people say, you must be very careful, very judicious. You must not thrust religion down people's throats. Then I say, you will never get it down. What, am I to wait until an unconverted, godless man wants to be saved before I try and save him? He will never want to be saved till the death rattle is in his throat. Mm -hmm. What, am I to let my unconverted friends and acquaintances drift down quietly to damnation and never tell them about their souls until they say, if you please, I want you to preach to me. Is this anything like the spirit of early Christianity? Catherine Booth. So the problem I have with this is the same thing I had with the problem when he quoted, the same problem that I had when he quoted John Wesley in a couple chapters earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Catherine says, before I try and save him, like I, I understand the spirit of the quote. Yeah. I understand like why you would take a problem with someone saying, don't shove Jesus down people's throats because like, if you don't, then they'll never accept it kind of thing. But like, you can't save anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do your part and, you know, pray that um, God regenerates their heart. But like, there's nothing that you can do to save anybody. Catherine Booth was the co-founder of the Salvation Army with her husband. I have heard of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. She's known as, she was known as the mother of the Salvation Army. Catherine um okay so then yeah so i I really don't have a problem with much of the quote like Mm -hmm. it's just a little a little little bit sketchy right there in the middle yeah yeah i agree but would this is just me speculating does any of that have to do with it being like old english you know how like people 
this would like words were used differently. This wouldn't have been that long ago. This is the 1850s. Okay, maybe it was that long ago. <laughs> she mm-hmm. was born in 1829, died in 1890. Now I'm no yeah. mathematician, but it's about 170 years. Yeah, yeah. precisely. So I don't, I don't know that because I 100% agree with you. Like it's obviously not up to us to save people, but I just wonder if, if like, if she did like truly mean something else by it, just yeah. because of the way the English well, language has like, changed. I'm not but to say that, that's not like. But the, that's not the point. Same thing with John Wesley. Like I, I have no reason to think that John Wesley wasn't a genuine Christian. He did a lot of great work for the church at large, but like, he's not infallible. Like he's not, yeah. he's not an author of scripture. Yeah. So. Uh, Reading down the page, he uh, he quotes Second Timothy four two. Preach the word. I'm oh, sorry. Hold on. Can you hear me? I accidentally unplugged my microphone. Sorry. I can tell. <laughs> I, can tell. I heard the click. <laughs> <laughs> Just busted Andrew's eardrum. <laughs> so he quotes Second Timothy four two. Preach the word. Ellipse. Then doesn't finish the verse. The rest mm. of the verse also says to be ready to encourage and to have patience. Hmm. Encouragement and patience and patience. Both of them. Both of them. So I think we work out in God's timing and not our own. Yeah. You know. Wow. Or it's yeah. almost like he he is selectively like choosing itty bitty pieces of scripture to fit his narrative. Yeah. Literally three words. Wait, that verse is like at he, least fifteen words long. He's talking about being patient. No, he's not. He is. He's he, not. he took okay. out that part. See, see, see those three words are there. Preach the word. Yeah. The rest of the verse says to be ready to encourage and to have patience. Okay. Didn't didn't hear. I thought he was talking about patience. And there's yeah. so much yeah. in Paul's letters that talk about encouragement and patience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Then he goes on to talk about the very idea of friendship evangelism taints the high and holy magnitude of gospel preaching. Okay, Say so again. Sorry. The the very idea of friendship evangelism taints the high and holy magnitude of gospel preaching. So we can't be friends with people who... Yeah, we can't like evangelize through friendship. Um, someone that has done a lot of good work in this area is J.D. Greer. J.D. Yeah, he was the president of the SBC for a couple of years. But he's How a, often do they have a new president? Is that, well, they like do elections every year, but he was the president for two years, and then they just continued his stint for one more year because of COVID. Uh, okay. So How long was Al Mohler president? I don't know at all. J.D. was the first president that I knew as president. So, J.D., um, if you watch any of his stuff, he talks like he, he's a super missions-minded guy, first and foremost, which I really appreciate. And he tells a lot of stories about um, Muslims that he's interacted with. And at one point, like there was a Muslim that he spent a lot of time with, and uh, he ended up coming to know Christ just because of spending time around J.D. and J.D. witnessing him over a period of time. It's like, okay, it obviously does work, at least in this one case, you know. And I'm inclined to believe that, uh, even non-experientially, you know, even with other people, from what I've heard. But that's how you have to evangelize in Muslim well, countries. You know, yeah, like yeah, that there yes. is no, there is yes, no, other, no other option because you, you will make be friends, literally crucified, literally. And and we have some uh, friends who are missionaries in places like that, where it, yeah. that's the only option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a point too where like, you know, just thinking about like early Christians and like martyrs and stuff. Like, if you get caught, yeah, that's a way to go out right there. Oh yeah. But also, there, there's the the other end of that spectrum where like, like some gung ho 
like 20 year old mm. will go in there and like <laughs> preach on the street and like through the head yeah yeah you know that was supposed to be a gun but i was like you know what? let's throw an arrow in there but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very primitive yeah. <laughs> country <laughs> uh, yeah but you know like it's interesting yeah, yeah. um there's just a lot of things that he there's a lot of approaches like that that I feel like are unnecessary to even comment even if you're like a bit not a huge fan of him it's like I don't understand how you can come to the conclusion that that's an erroneous way of sharing the gospel Mm -hmm. I I just don't understand it and I, I guess his perspective is like it's it's harder to call out the sin, you know, like you can't, it's harder to confront someone that you don't know. I mean, that you do know, you know, like if you have a relationship with that person, you're not. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But then also like, because they're your friend, you should. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I guess that's where he's coming from. That probably those words made no sense. Cause they were not full sentences at all. But um, no, like you have a relationship with someone and like, maybe it's maybe you and that friend don't necessarily have like a, very Christian foundation, I guess. Yeah. And then like to just like bring up Jesus out of the blue. Right. Or say like, you're sitting in yeah. this, this, this way, right. you know, that you're going to like try to value your friendship. I guess that's what he's saying. You, you mm. risk valuing your friendship more than confronting them about their sin, yeah. which in his methodology is not possible. So mm. I understand how he sees this conflict, but I also agree. I don't see how that's an erroneous way of sharing the gospel. Yeah. So moving on from that point, uh, he says in, in his like sub chapter, uh, as a church, we must be mindful and prepared for the same response, the response to sharing the gospel being vitriolic. Um, he says, we must boldly embrace the shame of identifying with Jesus and his word. And I, I just, uh, I just like a highlighted underneath there and wrote, how about Romans one sixteen? What you want to quit that for us? I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of salvation. Uh, power of God for salvation. Power of God for salvation to the world first, to the Jew, and then to the Greek. But but Hoyt, he says to I probably him, said like five different translations within that. Okay. <laughs> but you got the verse. I got, I got the point across. <laughs> but Hoyt, he says to embrace the shame. No. Something that makes sense there. Interesting. Em- embrace the shame. Embrace the shame that is not there. Yeah. Just isn't interesting. Or how about Second Timothy two fifteen that says, "Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, yeah. rightly dividing, rightly dividing the word of truth." Perhaps. 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 That we need not be ashamed. Yeah. So, um, moving on to chapter seven, we're gonna have a fun one here. Gospel essentials. Because there's not much gospel in his. I'm going to be yeah. <laughs> keep it a buck 50 with you. So there's his, probably a lot of gospel he also doesn't think is essential. Yeah. Gospel non essentials, shall we say? <laughs> Appendix. Hope. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Love. Encouragement. Patience. Yeah. Anyways, carry on, Caleb. Okay. Carry on my way <laughs> you know, I did see like two books once. It was like 
what they teach or everything they teach you in Harvard Law School and everything they don't teach you in Harvard Law School. Combine those two books together and you have everything. all of human knowledge <laughs> <laughs> in a collection Roughly of Roughly 800 pages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That combine, is good. Combine this book and everything the Bible says, you have a lot of contradictions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Did Amber so, Heard's lawyers go to Harvard Law School? <laughs> <laughs> fun Goog search for you. Uh, is she even a lawyer? No, Amber no, Heard's her, lawyers. Her, her lawyers. Her lawyers. The people she hired. Oh, is she? Oh, even, is oh, the lawyer a lawyer? There's actually a funny picture of the lady um, at a red carpet event like taking pictures that. of Johnny Depp yeah. and she was like freaking out. I so saw funny. that. Oh, Johnny Depp. Yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Love it. Crazy. All right. Chapter seven. Chapter gospel seven. Essentials. Gospel essentials. Uh, his first gospel essential. Repentance. Okay. It's an important one. Okay. okay good. Yeah. So far, yeah. so good. Yeah. Yeah. Cruising up here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. So, rolling down hey, a little we're, bit. We're on the lazy river, right? Yep. We're just, we're just, we're just chilling. We're on the top of the uh, Caribbean in, in Gulf Shores. All right, so it's about to take us to the wave pool. Okay. Not not the most. Not By the way, most. I, I have an uh, analogy. Don't ruin it. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm flowing with I'm flowing okay, okay, <laughs> with okay. the analogy. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. So <laughs> going to the wave pool. We're not. We're making our way there. We're so like it's not it's not crazy yet, but like it's it's, it's a little yeah. turbulent. Currents picking. Still cruising yeah. up here. All right. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna read this. Uh, it's in a hole. Maybe there's some college students behind us with a, with a cooler or something. You know? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna read this paragraph. It's just entirety. like an old lady just like yelling. <laughs> then like a little kid jumping on the old lady because he just doesn't know any better. You know, it's a kid on the airplane seat behind you kicking your chair. Yeah, that's where say, we're at up here. Hoyt's in a river. Andrew's in an airplane. Here's the analogy we're rolling with. All right, go, yep. Caleb. All right, it's a laser river on an airplane. On an airplane. Laser river on an airplane. Go ahead. <laughs> Jesus Christ began his public ministry by preaching repentance. When the Holy Ghost fell on the day at Pentecost, he anointed the Apostle Peter, declare, an anointed Apostle Peter declared that men must repent. Mm-hmm. Thus, repentance is the first oracle of the gospel presentation. Remove it and you have another gospel. But what is biblical repentance? All right, so. I would lot, start with repentance. I would well, okay, here talk we go. about, you know, here we go. sin nature first, but okay. Um, because it is a way to start in a, a way that is done does not mean it's the only way nope. because if you are oh, told to repent <laughs> <laughs> we're still making it but we're a little lower now so Hoyt you're not a Christian let's pretend you're not a Christian I won't and, I, and I yell at you you better repent what does that mean I couldn't tell you I'm not a Christian yeah so how about we start like what with what what you said, like go go listen to episode eleven, Blessed Assurance. We talk all about this. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing you have to start with is understanding before you can repent. You have to understand what you're repenting from and repenting for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you understand sin and why you are repenting from said sin because yeah, it is offensive to the Creator. Yep. Um, fast forward a little bit. Not gonna lie. Yep. In this a little lazy bit. river. Oh, wait, I got to make a circle because we're in a little tube. <laughs> yeah, we're in one of the. the I was the just doing kind of like a little snake thing with my arm. <laughs> for those of you listening, um, I say it like we have a video podcast. Change into a circle. 
documented for anyone it went who wants to like see. like a, a yoga mat. Yeah. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're, 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 this is going to be on the Instagram story. Works, so. no. Yeah. Um, he goes on to say, men must be made to see that God commands them to stop sinning. Few people, even in the church, believe this is possible. God commands us to stop sinning. Oh, snap. Mount Everest. <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So does Jesus bump a little bit? Does <laughs> look good. Jesus say, go and sin no more? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. What is Jesus supposed to tell us to do? Like this is this is God incarnate. Is he's just supposed to be like, all right, yeah, just go ahead and you know, whenever you sin, just come on back, you know. No. All it's grace. Like, you're, it's like when your parents say, like, don't stick your finger in the electrical socket. Knowing good and well that you're going to. You know, don't touch the hot pan. Like knowing good and well you're going to. The hot pan. The hot pan. Oh, you went in here when he ordered pizza earlier. (laughs) He changed mid-sentence. They were like, hello? He was like, hello. Yeah, I would like to order one. (laughs) Like, for real. It was just, he he was not him anymore. Took on a different Have you ever seen the movie Split? (laughs) That's what it was like. It was like going from Patricia to, uh, what's the the little nine-year-old kid? Billy or whatever. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> All right. So few people in the church, few people even in the church believe this is possible that we can stop sinning. Mm-hmm. Um, because we can't. Yeah. We can't, we can't yep. stop sinning. Yep. Plane uh, kind of crashes there. Yeah. Um, we hadn't even made it to second essential yet. We're no, also no, no, on the no, first no. This one. Isn't, this isn't where it crashes. It crashes the waves are choppy. Oh, 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 okay. They, they missed the mountain. They're, they're they still missed going. the mountain. We're a little narrow, bit rougher now. Narrow miss. We're not cruising. We hit, we hit a few of those little waves where the water kind of splashes in our eyes. Yeah. You, like, know, you know how we lost an engine a little while ago? Yeah. Yeah, we're in a hurricane now. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> don't, don't get lost. Lots in the, of turbulence with the engine lost. <laughs> don't get lost in the salad of analogies going on here. <laughs> um, he goes on to say, uh, if we don't believe it is possible to turn from all sin, how will we persuade the world to truly repent? The same way that Paul does in Romans 7. Like when Paul Wait, talks... Say, say that again. Uh, so, so he says, if we don't believe it's possible to turn from all sin, how will we persuade the world to truly repent? To which I would respond, the same way that Paul does in Romans chapter 7. Uh-huh. Uh, Romans 7, Paul is wrestling with the fact that he wants to do the good that... He, <laughs> I guess Wade's arm got tired. Man, my shoulders. I'm <laughs> rotating shoulders. Um, Paul's talking about, like, I want to do the good that I, I, I want to do the good that I want to do, but I do the bad that I don't want to do. You know? So Paul is still wrestling the fact that he's a sinner, but, like, it's not that he wants to sin, actively desires to sin. Uh, he's obeying the law of his mind and the law of the world at the same time. Like, it, it just... It's the, the reality of the fact that we still live in sinless bodies. We either the way, sinful, sinful bodies. still agrees yes. with the law that it's good no matter which way. Yes, the law is good no yeah. matter what, regardless. The law of God is good. This is where it gets rough. All right. Waves are still really choppy in this nice wave pool that this we started This is where you guys like fall off a cliff. The old lady is like almost out of her tube at this point. <laughs> <laughs> College kids are still having fun because, you know, the young, vibrant, you know. The oxygen oxygen masks have dropped from the ceiling the little kid that's not even a little tube he's just got his uh goggles on he's just at the bottom like floating around everybody grabbing their legs and they're freaking out because they think <laughs> it's an animal alright uh, the next um gospel essential mm-hmm. true faith in the finished work of Christ okay okay 
He says, Waves are less choppy now. And I quote, Ooh, he's moved out. Because they're about to fall off the cliff. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Real, Calm before the storm. Real faith is rarely communicated in today's gospel. In our modern day gospel presentation, we have reduced faith to nothing more than a mental ascent. The rallying cry of the Protestant Reformation was saved by faith alone. For centuries, this expression has been promoted and cherished as the official slogan of Orthodox Christianity. Nevertheless, no matter how revered, all things must be tested by Scripture. Ironically, the only place in the New Testament where the two words faith and alone are present are, are present in the same verse is, is found in James 2.17. Even so, if faith hath not works, is dead, being alone. So, he's straight up denying that we are saved by grace through faith alone. Like straight up, just said it. <laughs> the plane is making a rapid descent. So what happened there? With the sound effects there, um, the levee broke on the top of the Caribbean. <laughs> And the old lady, the college students, and the young child sadly have fallen off the top and have splattered. <laughs> Luckily, there was something. There was a net below them, right? There was a net, and when I say splattered, I meant the tubes went pop, right? Because they didn't get caught. But you know what? They catch them. The grace of God, and he, and he did it. Voila. And he, <laughs> and he brought it full circle. There we go. Yeah, he straight up uh, denies the grace through faith there, which you can understand why, for me, that would be problematic. Mm-hmm. Well, I think all six of us in this room. Would anyone want to quote Ephesians 2, 8, 9 for me real quick? For by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It's the free gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. What he no said. way. His workmanship created in Christ Jesus, uh, the rest of it. And the rest, <laughs> the rest of it. The rest of chapter 2. <laughs> But yeah, it's like, how can, how, this guy's read scripture. Like, I know he has. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no way that he just, like, in his years of ministry, hasn't read Ephesians 2, 8, 9. So the only answer is that. Maybe he was tired when he read over that one and didn't quite grasp it. You know, the, the thing, circle back to it. The thing you do when, like, you have to be reading a textbook for a class or something, and you read, like, four pages, and then you sit and think, oh, I haven't been trying to remember any of this. <laughs> I'll just keep on. Yo, me, every time I read my Bible, I'll read like a whole chapter. I'm going to be like, wait a minute. Wait. No idea what that just said. (laughs) Wait. Either uh, that. (laughs) Either that, because I've definitely done that too. Or if you're reading, looking for something specific, then you tend to skip the rest of it. You know, it's like if you're looking for a a point or a verse to pull out, then you're just going to be looking for that one point or verse. And you're going to skim the rest of it. Because I've mm-hmm. definitely done that before, too. Well, even then. Unintentionally. It, but there, there's still no way that over, I think it's, it has to have been at least, he, he got saved in the 80s. So we're going on 40 years now. Almost 40, somewhere between 30 and 40 years. That there's no way that in that time he has not comprehensively read those two verses. There's no way. That's 10 more years than the hit song Paradise City by Guns N' Roses <laughs> was available. <laughs> Didn't know where you're gonna go with that. Yeah, we're, we're stopping that. Very good, Axel. Take <laughs> us <laughs> home, Caleb. 
<laughs> Just like she's living under the street of my heart cases tell to be. Sorry. Okay. Um, hey, Abby, um, you can leave. Ooh, Abby Ooh. just said a. a, 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 a she's been a, she's been attacking me ever since she walked in the door. That is not even true. It's, it's so For true. some reason, I don't believe that. I don't think you have. I don't think so either. Okay. Um, back to your regularly scheduled programming. But first, a word from our sponsors. Oh. So, guys, fellas, have you Hoyt? I know that you enjoy beverages. Yeah. But we've established in the second ramble on mm-hmm. that you don't enjoy the super tart beverages, nor like the ultra sweet beverages. No, I don't. Well, now what if, some sweets, but not every like now and aggressively then. sweet. No, uh-uh. no. So, what if I told you that there was a particular beverage that combined something that was usually tart, something that was usually sweet, uh-huh. and made it perfect? What? <laughs> well, <laughs> let me tell you. About <laughs> tell it, what is this beverage? <laughs> he just made Andrew go completely deaf. <laughs> this is payback for the time you put the headphones on me and turned up the the sound. You asked for that. Issues. I did not. <laughs> you said you said, "Hey, do you want to do you want to hear the song?" From, Guys, we're going uh, to our sponsors from Priority. And I said, sure. And I put on the headphones and you cranked the volume all the way up. And my brain felt like it was being pinched. <laughs> so anyway, back to a word from our sponsors. There's a lot lovely beverage produced by none other than peace tea. This drink, they call it tea and lemonade. We would refer to it as an Arnold Palmer or a Sunjoy. or a sun joy. Well, shout out Chick-fil-A. Sponsors. May I just tell you truthfully that I have consumed probably 742 gallons of this here beverage, approximately, give or take. How many carbs are in there? Some. Some. <laughs> <laughs> just some tea and lemonade mixed together. Some carbs. <laughs> Nothing that a little insulin couldn't fix. <laughs> yeah. Must be nice to produce your own. But anyway. as a couple Southern lads that enjoy a little lemon in our beverages, it's perfect. It's yeah. not overly tart like most lemonades. It's not overly sweet like most sweet teas that we have. Where can people go to get this awesome Literally treat? any gas station. Wow. And guess so what? any gas stations are sponsoring us now? Any, <gasps> in a day. Thanks, any gas stations. <laughs> in a day where Skittles cost $2.79 and a Gatorade cost two fifty, a piece of tea you can still find. The large can. Wow. For a dollar and forty nine cents. Wow. I was gonna say a dollar fifty. Wow. And he knows his prices. <clears throat> wow. He knows wow. his prices. So if you have not previously enjoyed the splendor, refreshing goodness of Peace Teas, tea and lemonade, might I strongly suggest you to endeavor towards a gas station and slurp one down henceforth and immediately. What if I don't like tea? Get over it. What if I don't like lemonade? Same excuse. Get over it. Because it's better than both of them individually. Mm. And it's the best beverage you'll ever put in your mouth. Mm. They definitely did not pay us to say that. No. Except they actually definitely did not pay us to say that. So, back to our regularly scheduled programming. So, heresy. Heresy. Hearsay. Objection. Sustained. Thank you. So yeah, um, overruled. Just, just to, 
just to clarify, you are in fact only saved by grace through faith. That's Not the only way works. that you're saved. So does he look at faith as a work? Is that what he's know. going to? I don't know what he believes in that regard. Maybe he heard someone say, what a work of faith. I don't know. Like, he just He's so inconsistent. I don't know what he honestly believes. I feel like he's taking the saved by faith alone, like very literally, like because the word grace is included in Ephesians 2, 8, you know, it's like grace and faith. So it's not faith alone. Therefore, uh, yeah. faith alone is wrong. You know what I'm uh, saying? Like he's just taking that so very literally. But we're like, saved by the grace of God. So, incorpor- so we talked about this in Blessed Assurance, but I'm going to touch on this one for just a second. So as soon as, so we're saved by grace. That's what we're saved by. That's what the verse says. We're saved by grace. That's, that's because God's of our faith. gift for us is his grace, right? Yes. And then he gives us the new faith. Yeah. That's what we, I guess if you could say we add anything. Yes. It would be the new the faith, faith that we have. Is, um, you know, I'm not saying we add anything to our salvation. The, the faith is like the, the avenue by which we achieve the grace. Mm-hmm. You know, like faith isn't a work. Like faith is a, a gift. Yeah. Um, so like we we didn't create our own faith, so we can't uh, take any credit for receiving the grace that came through our faith. Okay. So as soon as okay, so Hoyt, Caleb, you cut my grass, Andrew. Long, I tell you, I tell Abby, you that AK. I will Sorry. give you twenty dollars for cutting my grass. Okay. That's a ripoff. And then you cut my grass. You know, there's like it's seven very, square feet of grass yard. by my house here. <laughs> very okay. small yard. You get that job with a weed whacker and have it done in 10 minutes. <laughs> if that. If I tell you 20 bucks. Weed, weed eater. I'm sorry. Go. Okay. 20 bucks. You do the thing. I gave you 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. You merited that 20 bucks. Did you not? Yes, because I earned it. Yes. Your parents tell you, Hoyt, if you get an A on this here test, We'll get you some sugar-free that ice cream. happen a lot this semester. <laughs> we, we, we were just we will, talking about that <laughs> Well, no, 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 hold on, hold on. We will, t- we will get you some sugar-free ice cream. <laughs> okay. Hey, yo, there's actually some pretty busting sugar-free ice creams. Mm-hmm. I ain't a lot to you, Chief. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm sorry. No cap, respectfully. <laughs> Keep talking. You merited that. Push now, pee. If. <laughs> why am I am the way that I am? Honestly. Why you is just like really is. tired today? Apparently. <laughs> You've been hanging around Trevor, huh? You've been hanging around Trevor. Okay. <laughs> you um, give me twenty dollars. My parents say, "Hey, Hoyt, good job. You made an A on a test." Yeah. So your dad just like randomly out of nowhere is like, "Hey, look at some barbecue." Mm-hmm. Did you do anything to earn that barbecue? I made an A on the test. No, no, no. no, like, no, 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 no your dad just randomly the next, like, the next day. Scott's a cool dude. He is one hundred percent. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, Hoyt, look at some ribs. Get some meat. Did you do anything to get earn a, that? Get a taco. Yeah, did you do anything to earn that? Nope. No, he just gave it to you because he wanted to. Yeah. If mm-hmm. you said that, if, if dad said that, um, Hoyt, if you wake up on time today, we'll go get barbecue tonight. And then you wake up on time, you did something to earn that then. Mm-hmm. Because your dad set forth the standard by which Say you could if. earn the thing. Yeah. yeah. There's no if with we're saved by grace through faith. As soon as you add something as soon as you add works to grace it's no longer grace because once you add works then it becomes you something you merit something you mm-hmm. earn and there's nothing we can do to earn our salvation and grace ceases to be grace yeah grace ceases to be grace and it's not grace anymore mm-hmm. like that's not even like that's, not, that's not that's not even a biblical definition that's just the definition of the, of the word mm-hmm. like we don't, we don't even need to consult scripture favor. we don't even need to consult scripture to 
illustrate this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scott took me out for ribs because she could say he's being gracious, but he just loves me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's like God loves us or something. Almost like that. <laughs> I don't think that was in this book, though. Turn the page. I would like, have you, okay. Okay. You've read this now, right? The book? Or at least skimmed over most of it. I've read, I'm only going to talk about what I've read. Okay. But I've like actually read. How many times has the word love been said? Not in a positive context. Not like not in a context in which it's something we should do. So it talks nothing about God's love. Almost. Not that I can, like, not that I have noted. And does it say anything about the grace of God? N- nothing about the grace. Lauren's smarter than all of us, and she's like, let's just look at the index. No, I'm just looking. I, oh, there is, is there an index? Probably not. This know. isn't a very professionally written book. Yeah. No, it's literally not professionally written at all. He, like, paid to have this book published. I was like, just looking to copy. see, like, it, like the, the like, uh, s- the little section headings in the back. Uh, just to see if there was anything that may indicate yeah, a no. mention of love, but I'm not seeing. So... The only time he talks about grace is in a context like we just talked about, mm. where it's like grace is not like, you know, faith without works is dead. You know, that's the only. Yeah, I haven't read that part yet, so I'm not gonna talk about it. You know, that's fine. I was just pointing. But like, I, I can't think of a time where he talks about he may he may say he may like concede that God loves us and that um, because God loves us, we're commanded to love others. But it's in the context of how to properly quote unquote evangelize. The fact man. that you just even had to just say he'll probably concede that God loves us. Yeah. Shows I mean, a that's the spirit him. of the book. Yeah. And I, I, I gave the guys as much credit as I could in the beginning of the last episode. talking like the first three chapters are great. Talking about his conversion, whether or not we believe it's genuine. Mm-hmm. What um, is it? Uh, just, yeah. There, there's a parable in the back of the book called the parable of the crackhead. Oh, fun. Hey. It's a parable that he wrote, not that Jesus wrote. I must say, yeah, oh, we, right. we hadn't read this section yet. I don't know what This is one of those. I actually have read all this. Oh, you have? Yeah. Okay. No. I was going to say, that's, no, because that's one of those. No, according to uh, progressive Christians, um, you can interpret the Bible any way you want. The parable of the crackhead. Well, he is a very not about. progressive Christian. That's what I'm saying. Though. But, but according, if uh, uh, a um, progressive Christian, why are you looking at me that way? I, I wasn't talking. I'm sorry. You were just kind of looking. Like, I'm sorry. We're just gonna go off on a rabbit trail here for a minute. Um, in the hit movie, um, Horton hears a who. Uh, <laughs> there's one. Yeah, Abby, would you like to do this one with me? <clears throat> there's one moment in the movie where how, what is what is Katie doing? Uh, we'll say she's making. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful, Katie. <sighs> now, Katie, when she makes that noise, her eyes get really big. And she goes, precisely, that's the face you were making. That's why I go, why are you looking at me that way? I was looking at you that way because I totally wasn't talking about something and then you started on whatever this is. I was talking about the classic movie, Horton Hears a Who. Yeah. Anyway, from Dr. Seuss about books. the parable they were referring to. Yeah, but anyway, going back to the progressive Christian thing. Progressive Christian, uh, the, the way they read it, because... Um, progressive Christians. Um, the Peril of the Crackhead is actually about Tommy Lee, rock drummer from Motley Crue. <laughs> it's famously known that in the middle of a Motley Crue concert, uh, so Tommy would sing uh, background. Or backing vocals. Backing vocals. Thank you. I brain. Uh, and anytime, so he had like a big headset on. Because he's a drummer, he has to use his hands. He can't hold a microphone. Um, 
Well, they could, you know what I'm saying. The, okay, the way they did their shows is he like essentially had a roller coaster of a, I mean, you yeah. know, it couldn't really like yeah. do the whole mic stand thing. I was just, I was going to make fun of Caleb, but uh, there'll be other times for that. This is true. Um, uh, there's not a lack of opportunity. But every now and then, uh, you could hear him go, woo, from the back, right? And uh, that was him after he just <laughs> snorted a little bit. And that's about Tommy Lee, the parable of the crap. Continue. All right. I had no idea what you're talking about for a hot minute there, so I'm glad you concluded with that because I did not know where you were going with that. See, that's the way most of my stories happen. It's like, okay, where is he going, right? For like an hour at least, and then I'll just like say one sentence. Oh, that could have been sent an email, you know? But like I I had already blocked out part of what you had said, so I'm still not really sure what the story was. (laughs) I'll re-listen to the podcast later, find out what you said. (laughs) I'd be like, oh, that's what he was so talking in about. in the last three minutes, let's just go back on what we've covered. <laughs> Horton, here's a who. Big eyes. Big cocaine. Eyes, cocaine. Drummers. Drummers. Caleb can't hold a microphone. Caleb can't hold a microphone. Yeah, that was implied. There we go. Caleb can't hold a microphone. Correctly. So, um, that concludes Hoyt's spill. Back to the Woo! book. Let's get okay. some applause right there. Like, like maybe a friend's. <laughs> like- <laughs> so much. It's an okay. ample amount of applause, I feel. Mm-hmm. We're like when so, the plane lands. His third. <laughs> That's the most annoying thing ever. Empty ways. TV. <laughs> His third gospel essential, endurance. I'm going to read this entire paragraph. Wait, hold on. He goes from faith alone to endurance? No, no. Uh, he, his, biblical, his gospel essentials. Um, Is gospel essentials like equating like with like how he, like the order in which he shares the No, I the think gospel? it's just like these are the things that are essential to the gospel. Okay. Well, yeah, but I just didn't like, know I if like, know. this hit. If he like prefaced this and like this is the order in which I do things. Yeah, we went to uh, repentance to true faith in the finished work of Christ. Then we didn't really have anything to say about submission to the Lordship of Christ. I mean, he's he's right about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Then we get to endurance. Okay. Okay. I just run the race with endurance that set up before us. Okay. Thank Looking you, Paul. Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Thank you, Paul. He no Andrew. <laughs> Trevor's not with us. Gosh. All right. No. Nope. He Rit. says, "I'm going to read this entire paragraph." Paragraph time. Salvation is an everyday, lifelong commitment. We must endure. We are saved now by faith, but to truly experience full and eternal life, we must endure until the end. Obviously, errors like the false doctrine of OSAS—that being once saved, always saved—fail to communicate this condition. However, there are more. There are other more subtle errors in our gospel preaching. Whoever the Father gives to me, I will not turn away. They cannot snatch them out of my hand. Whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. All right. So here we go. Calvinism aside, <laughs> what here's what Scripture says. That our salvation is predestined. Whether that's whether you can take the full like Shabarmanian view of that, um, that 
the most pre- that free will church yeah, has something that, in, in their statement about well, okay, the so like doctrine that, of that would be like, okay, God predestined us based off of foreknowledge of what would come. Mm-hmm. Or you take the Calvinistic standpoint, it's like God uh, predestined, you know, by whatever means he chose, chooses to desire and out of, out of uh, for his own pleasure and for his own purpose. Like you can take either side of the spectrum. Regardless of that, our salvation was predestined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How can you lose it if you didn't do it? Thank you, Caleb. <laughs> like, I, I, I just don't understand. It's yeah, weird. Yeah. That, that was louder than most of the audio that Caleb does when the microphone's right here. <laughs> <laughs> Like, look, that was what he said there. If we go back, that's that's his normal talking voice that just went off the screen. <laughs> anyway, anyway, he's. I, I understand why people have like issues with the um, the the phrasing of the term "once saved, always saved" because they're like around like the two thousand early two thousands. Like there was the idea, of, like, okay, yeah, so I'm safe forever. I can do whatever I want now. I, I understand why people have an issue with it for that reason, but the reality is, is to attack the concept of once saved, always saved is to attack the concept that is to attack the concept of assurance of salvation and that there's nothing you can do to lose your salvation. If there's nothing, if there's no way to, if you can lose your salvation, how could, how in the crap could you ever be assured of your salvation? Like, please tell me that. By being perfect and never sinning. Oh yes. Because that's yeah. You mean you can't do that? Mm, That's unfortunate. Wow. You must not have enough faith. (laughs) If your salvation begins with you, it will end with you. It begins with Amen. God, it will end with God in glory. I'm going to quote that one day. If we Beautiful. were sinless, there wouldn't be a need for grace. That too. Ooh. Yeah. So let's talk about, let's talk about like 1 John real quick. So 1 John 1, 9 in particular. 1 John is written to Christians. So why, why is John telling Christians in 1 John 1, 9 to confess your sins? Let me get through this. I want to go back to the one saved, always saved thing. Yeah. So like, why, why is John confessing to Christians? Like I harp on uh, 1 John and Romans 7 a ton because like these are my two favorite passages of Scripture for dealing with this particular heresy. So I'm just going to scroll to 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, 8, 8 through 10. Leave me alone. I got, I got, I got my phone Bible. I can get there faster. Yeah. I, get you. I don't know where it is in your Bible. I know it is in my Bible. But here we go. If we <laughs> near the same spot. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying though. I get because in my, in my Bible, books. it's in my Bible. It's on the right page in the right column towards the top. Caleb's Bible has New Testament then Old Testament. Ooh, snazzy. So it's about where Psalms would be. It starts normal. with the Revelation, ends <laughs> with Genesis. Yeah. yeah. Because we backwards. All right. First John one, starting with verse eight. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Have being present. We present currently tense. have sin. Yes. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Correct. So let me I'm not going to turn to Romans seven and read the entire thing, but Paul's talking about wrestling with the fact that he and I've said this in this podcast, so I'm not going to harp on it too long, but like Paul's talking about he's wrestling with the fact that he still has a sinful nature, even though he's a Christian. He doesn't like it, but it's just a sad reality situation. Mm-hmm. So to take the view of once you're indwelt with the Holy Spirit, you don't sin anymore is in direct contrast to what we see in Scripture. And let's not forget about either. Like Paul had to seriously correct Peter. 
because Peter was turned into a little bit of a Pharisee. So Paul held his feet to the fire and uh, corrected him like a brother in Christ would. So if Peter was living his sinless life, like if, if anyone, if we should expect anyone to do that, it would be Peter, like the guy that was you know, top dog of the apostles. But Paul had to correct Peter, meaning that Peter was wrong. Right. Like, what the heck? What, I don't understand where the concept of sense perfectionism has, why, why people think that it should carry any weight. And uh, it's, it's frustrating because we see time and time again in Scripture that, one, you are still a sinner. You still have the same simple flesh that you had before you were saved. And like in books like 1 John that are written to Christians, hey, Christian, confess your sins. I'm, well, you want to say something? Yeah, so just go back to the once saved, always saved thing or just eternal locked-in salvation. There, There's one thing that in the Bible um, that is always talked about, and it's like warning of more or less like falling away, not in the sense of like you've once had salvation and now you've lost it because of something you've done. Salvation is a work of God. Those things are in there as warnings to convict you and to realize, hey, I'm kind of straying here. I need to be put back on the path. And God put, does put you back on that path because he is the one who gave you the new life. I'm sorry, dog. Anyway, I got distracted. Gosh, anyway, salvation is a work of God, complete work God of God. God to the path. Yes, exactly. So if salvation is a complete work of God, there's nothing we can do to earn that like we were talking about earlier. And so to get the salvation, there's two big words that uh, are used in theological terms. There's monergistic and synergistic ways of looking at salvation. So we would look at it as monergistic. It's completely one way. It's God through God, through Jesus. That's salvation. Him saving us, not us doing something, working with God, him seeing some sort of merit in us to save us. So, uh, the once saved, always saved thing has to be biblical because if it's the work of God and it's nothing we can do and it's him saving us, you are saved, you are signed, so delivered, you're his, right? Uh, So yeah, that's what I was going to go with. Yeah. I kind of lost my train of thought there for a little bit, but hey, I got the main point across. It was good. Yeah. And one of the textbook examples of this, in my opinion, is David. So the way that salvation works is, is like we, we as Christians, um, we, the reason like we receive like grace through faith. Like what do we have faith in? We have faith in the work that Jesus did you know, to provide our salvation. Well, this is the same salvation that you know, Jews in the Old Testament had. They, um, you know, they, they had faith in the Messiah to come and that he would do all the things that you know, God said that he would do. So God, you know, like regardless of your interpretation of the word, like we're predestined for salvation. And our salvation is predestined the exact same way that the Jews were before Christ. All right, so if David, you know, the man after God's own heart, also a royal, literal royal because he was king, screw up, uh, murder, adulterer, slanderer. If he, if he was all of that, then... Like what? And he didn't lose his salvation. Like, why would we think that we could too? 
like Noah. The first thing that he did after he got off of the ark was plant a vineyard and get drunk. Yep. So th- these great men of God that we're told to look up to in Scripture that we understand that we can't even be, um, we can't reach their level as far as honoring God. Why should we think that we're any better than them? Yeah. So just to harp on that for a minute. So um, that's going to kind of wrap things up for uh, this episode. Um, I, there, there's a lot in this book that I haven't read yet. I'll be first to admit, I've read some of like the next chapter and that's about where I stopped. But that's, um, that's going to wrap up our little two-part series on the Consuming Fire Fellowship for now. I do have one more thing to say. Go for it. Go back to what I was just saying a minute ago. Um, I will always reference this uh, in Matthew 7. Um, and you talked about the people who look Depart at me. Huh? Depart me for I never knew you. Right after that. Okay. Um, you talked about the people who the once saved always saved kind of uh, way of looking at things like, oh, yeah, I have a get-out-of-jail-free card. Not the case. Um, hold on. I'm trying to find this verse. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So, what is the will of the Father? Let's turn to John chapter 6 and go to verse 40. Uh, John chapter 6, verse 40. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise Him up on the last day. So, going back to the whole work of God through salvation into sanctification thing, those people who have the mindset that God's grace uh, saves them, they just have a get out of jail free card. They can go do whatever we want. They want. I would argue that they aren't saved because they don't understand the sin that put God on the cross to die for said sin. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Therefore, they are not doing the will of the Father, which is carrying out that sanctification. Well, and even step further, like if you're indwelt with the Holy Spirit, you're going to feel conviction for your sin. Exactly. And that's not. An example of someone that's feeling conviction over the sin that they've just done. Yep. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Anyway, guys, this has been another great installment. Unless you have more to say, Caleb. Because I was just in the bathroom. I took a bit of a potty break. Yeah, and I was going to say, like, we might, this is going to be the last um, episode where we kind of record it right before it comes out. We've Mm -hmm. got a bunch of pre-recorded stuff that's going to come out over the course of the summer. So just kind of lay that out for you. We've got two episodes that are going to drop that we've pre-recorded. One is kind of, we recorded a while back. We were kind of like, this would be a better episode for like the summer when we just have to like mm-hmm. throw stuff out there. Uh, talking about megachurches. That's going to come out a week from today when you're listening to this, when this one drops. And then uh, the next week, we're going to hear a conversation between me and my college pastor, Perry, our college pastor, Perry, um, about his perspective of kind of like walking. Uh, yeah, he's all of our college pastor except for Andrew. Dang, Andrew. Yeah. yeah. There's, I, mean, I could leave if y'all want me to, yeah. but you won't be able to hear much. <laughs> <laughs> There's eight of us in the room, and Andrew's a special one. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you, then you're gonna you're gonna hear like his perspective because he was there to walk me through a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And then we're gonna start our story time series, uh, where, where we you hear from 
uh, a bunch of us um, talking, like telling you our stories. So like, we're going to start with Andrew, then have Trevor, then Lauren, and then we're going to have a little midsummer break uh, where you're going to hear an update from me and Hoyt over how our summers are going thus far. Then you'll hear Hoyt's story. Hoyt's stroke of the episode. Hoyt's story, then my story. Then we're going to start our story, our uh, time spin away series. Mm. Um, how are we going to do the midsummer update? We'll like Zoom call or something. Andrew's probably got a better idea of how to do that. Do but you have an idea of how to do that? Yeah. You okay. can figure it out. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Um, Play it by ear. We'll cool. do a time spin away talking about my time in Alaska. Then. Hoyt's time locked in the cabin. Heck yeah. And then Lauren's time in Puerto Rico. Yep. Uh, my time at the camp that I worked at the past couple summers. Then we're going to all be back from our uh, summer summer assignments. And we'll get back together. And Hoyt will talk about his summer student life. And I'll talk about my summer in Salt Lake City. Oh, yeah. I feel like Great I have times. a lot to say about student life. Yeah. Mm. And hopefully I'll have a lot to say about Salt Lake City too. Mm-hmm. And that'll be that'll be great because we won't be like pulling from stuff from a while back. It'll be very fresh. Yeah. And then we'll um, go back to like hitting on stuff like we have been the majority of the semester. So we really appreciate y'all hanging with few, us to this point. Sorry. You know, I was just like, we really appreciate y'all hanging with us to this point. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll finally be able to like reference episodes that have been released instead of referencing something then remembering. <laughs> we'll be yeah, right. so oh, wait. The, this semester is <laughs> like a, a jumbled mess as far as like <laughs> references yeah. because like, we're referencing stuff that we recorded with the intention of re- releasing it in the summer and then forgetting that we haven't released it yet. And then we, we finally got like a schedule like nailed down where we're going to release stuff. We're still going to have uh, two ra- uh, ramble on a month and we're going to have the two Trevor Trivies episodes. So it's going to be fun too. Yep. Good stuff. All right, guys, this has been another great installment of the Priority One podcast. Uh, use promo code P1 at your local gas station to get a dollar <laughs> off your Please uh, try PCs. that at your local gas station. Um, <laughs> they will look at you as if you are insane, yep. but it'll be funny. Yep. Go to my bookie and <laughs> make sure you any video event. it. Send it to us. Um, and if you bet $5, you will get $150 if you win. Um, use promo code Priority One, Hoyt's the best. And that's a really long promo code yeah it's that's difficult to remember exclusive. that's the yeah. one they sent us you know i was like mm. my bookie can we shorten it and they were like i can't do it Hoyt, Hoyt, you're the best anyway as always i'm hoyt i'm caleb i'm andrew and i'm lauren i'm ak and abby hubbard they didn't talk much <laughs> we were just like really like it's the point of an audience crazy. hoyt <laughs> <laughs> the they're the peanut gallery hey mackenzie and eric are over there oh, too mackenzie and eric are here hey, as well McKenzie and eric. <laughs> They just walked in. We're still at, we're at Lawrence Yo, hello. apartment right now. Hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. Just your number one thing here. Hello. Oh, wait. I went Lionel. Huh. You went Adele. All good. All right. We love you. Catch you next week. See you then. <laughs>